Welcome to Built Brave. Driven women sharing their stories to show others what is possible for them. Because we were all born brave. I'm your host, Lo Wentworth, and this is Built Brave. Are you ready? Hey everyone, how's your boundary lines creation? If you don't know what I'm talking about, head back to the episode earlier this week about setting boundary lines because boundary lines are such a lifesaver. And if you want to learn more about why I say that, also head back to my Be a Shot of Whiskey episode because it says everything. It says it all. Guys, boundary lines are the best form of self-care next to or just under doing the thing you're avoiding. Besides that, I'm so excited for this week's guests, Seek and Jane. They are creators of Unleash, and this is a two-part episode because it was just so good and I couldn't stop them, and they were giving such great information about how they created Unleash, what they have learned from a body image campaign that they created, even to manifestation, and all of that. And I'm just so excited to share their story and how they are supporting women. And I'm just like, when is the next photo shoot on this one? I know you're shifting into something else, but I'm like, I want to be a part of that. It just sounds so much fun. And with that, let us begin. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to have this week's guest, Zeke and Jane with Unleashed. I know I just love their story. So thank you guys for coming on. And I'm so grateful to have you guys here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. So can you just give a brief description of what Unleash is and how you guys came together on that so people have an idea? Well, Unleash is a self-development brand. Um, we have platforms that support social entrepreneurs or anyone who's looking to, you know, live a life of purpose and, and accomplish their dreams. So we uh, have a, what we call our League of Badass Do-Gooders. Um, that's part of our community. And I mean, that's, that's the gist of it, but there's so much more to what we do than just, you know, just that, but we can talk more about that. But that gives you an idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So then how did you two get started with this? Because we can get into the whole like body image campaign and the photos going around, which I really love and want to talk about. But like, how did you come together? Like who had the vision? Did you both have the vision? What did that look like? That's a really long story because we, it's hard to tell this, how we came together without telling us like where we were in our lives Mm -hmm. um, when we met. But essentially the short version is that both of us were at a place where we were rebuilding our lives. And we ended up at a financial firm, funny enough, mm-hmm. where we met. And um, I think there was just through, through the conversation of learning the fact that both of us have worked in the human trafficking space for over a decade and a half, it really linked us up. And I think just becoming friends and learning more about each other, we learned that we are very social purpose impact driven. 
And um, I remember sitting down with her, coming up with some ideas on how to create and generate business and leads and talking to her about an idea. And the next day, I mean, literally she was like action, taking action. She already had people on board. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, this woman knows how to move. I need to work with her. Mm -hmm. And we met consecutively every single week consistently for months. And I think in, on April 30th, 2018, Mm -hmm. we sat down and came up with the name and it was, the logo was drawn onto a back of a napkin. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of just where it started. It was initially the conversation was about how do we create a space where we can empower both women and men, um, especially in this you know, crazy Me Too movement. Women empowerment. Lots of focus on women empowerment, which is great. I it's mean, amazing. It's amazing. Um, at the same time, mm-hmm. it does it at the expense of diminishing men. And we have such yeah. strong men yeah. presence in our lives who are great supporters and we could not have done what we've done and come to where we are and become who we are without them. And oh, I 100% agree with that. I don't mean to cut you off, but that's like one of my beliefs to eventually like evolution of things is bringing men into it because I'm also a product of men who went out the side of the norm who supported me in building my own like confidence and being like you can do everything you want to do so when Mm -hmm. I see the support of women I'm also like but there are also men behind these women it's not just women behind women yeah together it's like we need to bring each other together so I think that's a beautiful belief you have yeah. Yeah. For us, it, it the that came up, up from my um from my end. It was because I have two teenage boys, mm-hmm. and so I was very concerned specifically for them. And how do they navigate this new space? How do they navigate women empowerment and still support us? And you know, so that was where I was coming from um for me. And then she absolutely agreed, and I was a little surprised because I was worried. I didn't know where she was coming from. The women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was like, if I bring up this men's stuff, is she gonna be like on board with it? And then she was. I mean, immediately she's like, oh my god, I absolutely agree. And I'm like, yay, I found the person. And yeah. And then from there, it was just conversations, just compounding of like, what is it that we want to create? You know. And what are the conversations? Mm-hmm. What, are, what are we want to create? I've gone through so many courses and books and all these different things and experiences it's like how do we want to uh, differentiate ourselves and how do we do that in a provocative way where people just can't look away and and so it just a lot of ideas that compounded mm-hmm. it over time it just evolved yeah and it wasn't I mean what we the idea we had at the beginning is it's not what we it's not with. yeah it's, it's not what it turned out to be it just you know it's just kind of how life happens right and so yeah and so from there you know we we came up with a couple of things like what, we, what now we've determined is our core value for Unleash, you know, and one of it was inspired action. You know, Jane was very adamant about this, is how do we create something that is going to inspire people to move, um, create deeper conversations, um, and kind of break through all the noise. And so that was really where we came from. And then how do we do it with a lot of purpose? Mm-hmm. Um, because both she and I come from volunteering in the nonprofit world and doing a lot of work with human trafficking and other causes, domestic violence, uh, for me, it was, you know, anti-bullying causes. And so those, how do we bring that world into what we're doing? Um, and that was kind of the start of it. And it just, you know. Is that as we're doing these social causes, there's so many great causes out there, but for anybody to really move and take as inspired action, it has to affect them personally. And so how do we connect it to Yeah, how do we connect and bridge the gap so that people are connected in a way that they want to do something about it? and support cause that they're not normally wouldn't go find them 
find out themselves, yeah. right? Or, or, or how to get involved, right? right? You know, that's a lot of times, you know, people have their hearts in the right places, but then they don't know where to start. They don't know where to go. You know, uh, there's so many organizations out there. And yeah, it can be overwhelming. Then it becomes like, well, I'll just do nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm just one person. What difference is that going to make? And so, yeah. And so the campaign, when we were, when we were putting together Anish as a company and what, what we stand for and, and what the brand should you know what kind of feelings people should have when they come and experience Unleash? Um, the idea started with um, a chapter from a book that we wrote together um, that's been shelved for now. <laughs> but um, Jane came up with seven cages that we find ourselves in, and that is actually part of the inspiration for the, um, the anti bullying, anti labeling campaign that you see out there now. How can we take one of these concepts and turn it into a social media post or post that gathers, one, visually grabs someone's attention right away, mm -hmm. and then two, makes them compelled enough to actually click and read the caption, right? Mm -hmm. The conversation we're starting, conversation we're having. And the idea just struck me one day when I was driving, um, and it was the labels about how words define us, how it creates our limiting beliefs and our identity, and we don't even know that we carry that with us until we address it and face on. And um, the vision came into my mind where it was wiped label and the power of releasing and forgiveness and, and um, letting go. Yeah. And that's what started, that's what started it all. Mm -hmm. It was just four of us on yeah. a hot summer day in an apartment with a photographer who had a family emergency because so we're doing it on our iPhone. And we created these, you know, four images, images yeah. that were very powerful when yeah, we showed them. Yeah, I mean, I, I was blown away. Um, seeing it because I had never been done anything like that or even seen anything like that. Jane had been part of a campaign that kind of had something similar. What is different about ours is like what she said, it's the wiping of the labels that, um, that really grabs people's attention. You know, we hear it all the time when people see those photos, they're like, I was so drawn to it. Like, what does that mean? Why, why the smudging of the labels? And then people want to learn more and know more. And so that's how it started. We were going to launch our company and say, this is what Unleash means. You know, it's to let go of these limiting labels and stepping into your power, right? Being who you're meant to be in this world, living your true purpose. And live action. Yeah. Before we could even do that, um, I, I ended up going to have dinner with a friend of mine and um, and this is a friend I've known for two decades and she's this inspiring, um, amazing businesswoman, just like a go-getter, you know, I, I, I mean, she, you know, she's just an amazing person. But in that dinner, um, we ended up touching on something that happened to her three decades ago in high school in her hometown in Cleveland. And I watched my amazing, inspiring friend turn into a 14-year-old in front of my eyes still very hurt, still very angry and resentful for all the things that happened to her. And I came back to Jane and I said, you know, this, this concept, this, this label and white, there's so, I think there's more to it. I think there's, like we had talked about, like letting go of these limiting beliefs and all of this stuff. Um, but I said, I, you know, I, I think there's a healing component to what we're doing. And, and I, you know, I discussed with her, like, you know, bullying is such a big issue. What if we um, tied this, these images and create this as a campaign to um, combat or at least have the conversation about labeling and anti-bullying. Um, and so I had been working with a nonprofit called Blue to Bullying for the past six years, reached out to them, presented the idea to them. They went to their board. A couple of days later, they loved the idea and we, we decided to do it as a partnership. And so 
we set out to launch a campaign on anti-labeling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it didn't start off that way, but it, that's where it ended up, you know? And then a month later after we launched it all on December 12th, um, so our anniversary is coming up, but you know, a month later, Paris came calling and there's a group of body conscious women out in Paris and they were like, how do we love what you guys are doing? How do we take off here? And so that was a seed in us, like, okay, if Paris is interested, who else is interested? Mm -hmm. And so a couple of months in, you know, we, uh, we put a call out there, hey, who, is, who wants to bring this to their city? Nine cities responded. And so that was where our tour kickoff started. And it's been going. now, it's been, it's continued, <laughs> it's continued to grow. And now we're at what, 20 and something cities? We're close to 20. We just did Brazil the other day um, of a really big supporter of ours named Mayara took it down to Sao Paulo, Brazil, because she's down there shooting a Netflix show. Um, and thought she was so moved by it and, and really loved being a part of it. She wanted to create that experience for, um, for her community down there. And so, yeah, so it's just been growing in different ways. Um, the campaign has evolved um, beyond what we even imagine. And um, the response has been really profound. The impact it's had on people has been profound. So that has taken me personally by surprise. Um, I did not realize going into this truly how impactful words can be on people um, you know, throughout their life. Um, so I, I'm getting a front row seat to people sharing their vulnerable parts of themselves. And, you know, a lot of it is childhood trauma or sexual abuse and, you know, physical abuse. Um, you know, they, trauma comes in all, you know, all forms. So we, um, we are very privileged to, to hear these stories, you know, and for people to share them with us. And allow us to be in the space with them as they share them, especially sometimes for the first time in their lives. Mm -hmm. yeah. And she like a badass. She's like, anything can just roll off of her. But I, for one. <laughs> I grew up a very different kid. <laughs> my, I mean, words were very effective. Um, but, but yeah, but to be able to see it and know that it also impacts people the same way. Um, I think what I take away from that is just how connected we are as human beings and how no matter the severity of trauma or, that, or the context of trauma and pain, we all understand what that looks like and we all know what it feels like to live under its chains and to be able to free ourselves from it, even if it's just for a moment, even if it's symbolically, mm -hmm. it's a start. Yeah, because it's layers, right? It's peeling back layers and layers of, um, you know, healing is not something that happens and it ends, you know, it's constant, you know, or growth, right? Just cre creating growth or becoming a better person, like all of, that's a lifelong journey. Um, but we're happy to at least be part of that journey with this experience. Um, we didn't start off that way, it evolved, <laughs> you know, so maybe, you know, Jane can touch a little bit on kind of the process that we walk people through when they come and do the campaign with us. Um, okay. So the element of wiping away the labels is always there. We need to take mm -hmm. a profound impact of letting go and wiping those away. Um, it was through working with several photographers, one in particular who I'm so grateful for because watching him and how he directed his, um, you know, the, the, the subjects, the models, is where I took away from the fact that, you know, um, we have the power in, in guiding people in their posing to really lean into those memories of their trauma and the pain. 
whatever those words were, it's tapping into that memory. And most people want to repress it and leave it there in the mm -hmm. past. But it's when you really dig into it and feel it all over again that the release is so much more impactful. And so the first part um, is actually identifying the words, the four positive, four negative that you're going to be writing on your back. And seeks if they're right on you as she draws out the story yeah. of why those were influential. And then when they come into the actual photo shoot, I don't know the stories most of the time, unless I sit there and talk to them as well. But um, my part is taking them through the photo shoot. So the first part is focusing on the words that are negative and whatever emotions and memories are associated, we lean into and we I have them acted out physically. Mm -hmm. uh, what does if they're the type of person to retreat what does that look like if they're the type to last out of anger what does that look like and then we have a breathing exercise where we wipe away the words one at a time and letting them go um, and then we embrace the space that we created as well as the positive words that remain and how we want to step into and who we want to step into and so that's the process of the photo shoot itself and so it's amazing to see you know in like a 30 minute span them being with me as I'm writing the words and I'm drawing out the stories and I'm asking why did you pick the word abandoned why the word broken can you tell me the story behind you know the word you know just all any you know all the negative words that that has come across um, our campaign you know and that can get really emotional um, they share very intimate details of some of the traumas that they have experienced with me and then from there you know to what you see at the end when Jane does have them release the words and then they, they, you know, their arms are flaring and they're dancing, they're singing and they're laughing. And it's just this like really celebratory kind of, um, you know, imagery that you're seeing. So it's amazing to go from like what they share with me to like what they're doing just, you know, within like 30, 45 minutes. So it's condensed into a very short period of time. Yeah. You can witness transformation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the photos come out just, stunning you know what's captured on on the images yeah the photos are beautiful and i just love like the whole like concept of walking them through it so you can hold space for them and also witness them like unleashing themselves and letting it go because i very much believe like what we don't feel gets suppressed and held in the body somewhere oh. so until you are able to like feel to have that space it can be really impactful and all of that so my question for you guys, what has been, you've done all these photo shoots, what has been the most impactful story you have witnessed or biggest takeaway you've had from doing these photo shoots? Yeah, because, you know, we both come in from different ends. I come from mm -hmm. drawing out the story. So for me, it was very jarring to see the words that people have chosen to write on them. I mean, I remember... Um, Liz, who's a model, who was a model in New York, she's now living in Utah, but she wrote the word pray, P-R-E-Y. Okay. Um, and I asked her why the word pray, what's behind the word? Well, I always feel like I'm being hunted, was her answer. And that stuck. That was really jarring for me. Um, another example was um, Gwen in New York, who chose the word abandon. It was the very last word I had to write on her gone through all the words and I and I said could you please tell me why you chose the word abandoned and before I could finish the sentence she got really emotional and had talked about you know her father abandoning her when she was seven you know and so here we are a couple decades you know a few three you know probably almost three decades later and these words have such profound impact on people and it does change the narrative and and it, it changes how you move through life because of these experiences and 
and what has taken place that you have not been able to let go, that you've not been able to like work through. And so those are just a couple. I mean, there's so many examples. We did Park City, Utah. Park City, Utah was, was intense. Mm -hmm. They were a group of women who were paraplegic or they're wheelchair bound from birth or just through accident. And a lot of the words that we haven't seen in you know any other photos yeah. was the word burden because mm -hmm. they have to rely on someone else to take care of them and that's not within their control. They do need the help because they can't move. Um, but the fact that even despite that, they are these strong and powerful women, but to be able to own up to that, they had to let go of that first. That's yeah, just feeling guilty and, you know, yeah, the shame and shame and yeah, and just, um, I'm the, I'm sorry, the, mm -hmm. I'm sorry for being a burden. I'm sorry for, you know, invading your life with mm -hmm. my needs, you know, and that's or needy. Yeah. Needy. Yeah. Needy and burden was like very common for that group. Um, and that was a very highly emotional yeah. session the whole day. Weren't born that born, you know, that way. They had their independence at one point, and to go from that and transitioning to a place where they have to depend on the people, that I mean, if you can imagine, I mean, that's label. Yeah, I mean, that's label confining in the most, you know, difficult mm -hmm. ways. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are just examples for me of what has. I mean, we have built some amazing relationships through this campaign. We've strangers became friends, friends have become family. We have friends and family all over the country and now around the world because of this campaign and yeah. you know well, I guess grow our faith and expand it in, in humanity and the goodness of humanity that still exists mm -hmm. you know and there's a lot of dark stuff that happens all day long when you see on the news and whatnot but there's a lot of good people who want to do good out there and that just it just confirmed it yeah and then on a personal level for me, it has really taught me, especially the mom of a nine-year-old, to really um, approach words in a more compassionate way. My younger self would have been like, oh, they're just words. So what? You know, F you, uh, whatever. I mean, that was me. I just, I grew up in a really tough neighborhood. And so I had to have a really tough exterior. But with a nine-year-old daughter who's very empathetic and who's very compassionate and concerned about you know, other people's feelings and her own, and she's very expressive. I have had to be a different person and this campaign has actually helped me with how I handle situations now. And I, I do feel like I've become less judgmental mm -hmm. because of it. Um, we don't know people's struggles. We don't know what people are going through. Um, we're so quick and we're so easy to judge others just based on, you know, an initial interaction with somebody or just based on seeing somebody, you know? And so that has helped me in terms of my growth and I am really grateful for that. Yeah, words have such um, an impact on people and we don't even realize it. Like even the, with like mindset work and stuff I've done, I've just realized, oh, why do I say that word? Or like when I was working through, you know, stumbling over my words, I would always say words are hard. And then, but it, then I would switch it to be like, no, words are easy. Why do I keep telling myself words are hard? because then it was giving that limiting belief of like, oh, I can't actually communicate if I say words are hard. So switching that. So yeah, words are, they have a lot of weight and you don't know what you can, what yeah. you would say and would trigger someone, like what word they would choose. Mm -hmm. What has been the most impactful word that you have seen for people to step into their power? So what they're stepping into instead of letting go. I don't know if it's any particular word, but I do know we have, 
testimonies and mm -hmm. examples of people who have come through the campaign mm -hmm. and have done, you know, have shifted or have had transformational things yeah, take place. Because at the, the end, of, I mean, the positive words are there for the individual, mm -hmm. but what's more important is a space that they are creating by the wiped labels um, that they can create whatever they want to. It's the possibilities are endless as long as they choose it for themselves. And that part is what's more important rather than the words itself. Yeah, I mean, we've had someone come, you know, people come through the campaign and it's like, I've been thinking about launching a podcast for years now. And, and then, you know, right after they do the campaign, they launch their podcast or they've launched the business or in, you know, in one specific case, file for divorce from, divorce from an abusive marriage. And so or started it, corporate programs that they've been wanting that, that the causes that mean a lot to them. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, there's just so many, it's, like you said, we don't understand unconsciously how much words limit us. Mm -hmm. and, it keep, and it keeps us from like a point A to B, even though there is no line there, it's invisible. But we're the ones who stop ourselves and create this invisible wall. And to let, like, and for it to dissolve and us to walk into it, it is a symbolic act in the mm -hmm. same way that we wipe away the words. And so um, there's so much that has come from it. And we don't know all the stories because we yeah, don't necessarily right. follow up on every person who's gone through the campaign and then what has changed in your life. And we really should. Yeah. We might, yeah, I think for this upcoming anniversary, we have a few ideas to kind of corral everybody again. I think we probably have over 300 people who've participated um, so far. And so it would be, yeah, it would actually be a great idea to kind of follow up and just see from the time that they did the campaign to now, like if anything's changed and, 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 and how it's changed. And how it's changed, yeah. So that could be, it could be a good little story to tell. Yeah, yeah. but we only know what people share with us. Right. Um, and oftentimes we don't take the time to do that. So. <laughs> yeah, to hear their stories, it happens. I mean, you're a two woman show at the moment, so it makes yeah. sense with like everything going on, but that's great ideas and everything. What have you learned about yourself through this journey? Good question. Because yeah, I mean, I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I, I, I definitely um, find myself being a lot more conscious as best as I could, because I speak freely <laughs> and mm -hmm. I I'm, speak with no filter, and, you know, and I do find myself trying to catch how I say things because I do understand that words have impact, especially for my relationship with my again, going back to with my daughter, you know, of having to understand that, you know, something I say to her could impact her a lot much, you know, later in life and how she, you know, how she feels about herself. And so I'm, I'm learning, you know, still through this process and watching this campaign and, and, and being more mindful. Um, so that would be how it's impacted me. For me, I think how it's impacted me is really revealing to me how good I am at what I do. Um, I'm very good at drawing up the stories and connecting with people and allowing people to connect to their stories as well in a non-judgmental way. And I grew up in a space where we had to save face, where sharing too much is not good. It's actually looked down upon. And I'm told that all the time, actually. They're like, you share so much on your social media. Like, why would you do that? Like, people don't need to hear your business. They don't need to hear your story. But to me, storytelling is what is the most important about human connection. Mm -hmm. And when people don't understand and they repress their stories, you don't know who you're providing a disadvantage to because you don't know who your story can help. 
And also too, um, we live lives feeling so alone, feeling like we're the only persons going through what we are going through when it's not true at all. But the only way we can do that is to connect and to share. Right. And, exactly. Yeah. And so being able to be the person who helps facilitate and connect with God and to know I'm actually very gifted at it has been awesome because I didn't think that that was something that was a strength of mine. Yeah. And allowing people to be, that it's okay to be vulnerable, that vulnerable actually means strength. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people think like when you're going through the problems or the issues or the things that you're going through, that that's a sign of weakness when it's the complete opposite sharing it and um, allowing yourself to feel those things actually makes you a really strong person. And that also in turn by osmosis gives other people strength to do the same, you know, and we see that time and time again, you know, with this campaign. Yeah. It's giving permission to be people to be themselves. So like Jane, with you sharing your story and being vocal and having the backlash of people being like, no, no, not do that. Like, but you, you need that. Otherwise you do feel alone. I mean, I've been there myself. Like there was, when I was in law school in the first semester, like felt so alone. And then there was one woman in the bathroom that had the courage to just ask and state to a bunch of us women asking if we like cried every day after like midterms and we're all, it was just like popcorn. Like everyone's like, Oh my God, you too. Like you're going through this too. But we didn't know we had that space until someone stepped up and had that courage. And it's so needed, especially with like social media and everyone's like curating things where people are just like, well, what's actually going on in your life? Like what's happening? What's coming up for you? Yeah, there's, there's lots of power in that. But yeah, I mean, I think social media plays a big role in all of it. You know, just um, like you said, everything's so curated. People, you know, I mean, it's like when you first date somebody, right? You want to put your best foot forward and you want to like, you know, have this um, image that you want to, you know, put in front of people. But in actuality, people can relate to you better when you do share these vulnerable parts of you. So I think the conversation is starting to shift. Mm -hmm. I think people are becoming more and more okay with it. We're a long ways from it because, you know, there's all kinds of societal issues from suppressing these things and holding on to these traumas that um, is manifesting in illnesses and it's manifesting in suicide rates and things like that. And so, yeah, and I think we all can do our part to create, like you said, create space for people to share more and connect better. And um, like you just said, the word permission, I really, we believe that too, because when you give permission that they don't actually need, yeah. but they, they need right. to hear it anyway. Mm-hmm. So, it a lot. It opens doors in a way that you never expected. So, and it only takes one person. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. You sometimes you don't even know who that person is either. Could, you could read a social media post from so, someone you follow saying, "Here's your permission slip," and that could be what they needed. Yeah, just, I see it in comments all the time. I'll see somebody say, "This came at the perfect time. I really needed to hear this." Like I've I've read comments, and that's what people have said. You know if the post, if what someone is sharing is so relatable to what they're going through at that moment. It could be, it could be that lifeline that somebody needs. We don't think about it in those times because it sounds kind of like, you know, such a big deal, but it's probably true for a lot of people. You know, if you don't have that support just within your immediate circle or family or friends, sometimes you do, you know, need other like outside mm-hmm. um, sources. Yeah. 
say, oh, okay, so who are you young? When you oh, don't yeah. have control, where you live, what school you go to, you know, um, you sometimes just have to create a community based on who you are surrounded by, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's not necessarily a choice until you leave and you realize the world is so much bigger than the world that you're living in. But mm -hmm. there's times where it takes time for you to get there, you know? Like for me, I lived in a very, very small town where I was an out, like a, I was like a sore thumb the entire time I was living there for, until I was in, until I was like 17 years old. So that's the majority of my life, right? At least it was then. Um, but it took me leaving where I grew up to learn that there's a whole world of people who are very much like me. I just had to get out of where I was, you know, but not, but it took some time because I was young. You can't mm -hmm. just go and live where you want when you're a kid. <laughs> and you can't choose who your, you know, who your colleagues are, your student, you know, the people that Unless you you're like with. me and you bust yourself out right. to a completely not, not at one point. You can like decide that 11 years old, I'm going to go to a different school district, like an hour and a half away and then does it on herself. You know, like not every child thinks that way. Yeah. I mean, I was just, just going back to what Jay was talking about and, and being, you know, being in the circle that you are, especially when you're young and you don't have a choice. I knew very early that that there was something different about me and I needed to find like my people somehow, you know, and, um, and we all need that. And we all know that, especially now as adults, how important that is mm -hmm. around people who are like-minded to be around people who understand you and to be around people who can relate to you. Um, so you find that and, you know, social media does a great job to connect us, mm -hmm. you know, obviously. Um, but, but yeah, I just think, you know, looking for that tribe to support you. It's vital to your, you know, to your well-being and your growth. Yeah, 100%. Like, similar to you, Jane, grew up in a small town, stuck out like a thumb. Because I, I also didn't think the same way as my classmates. I didn't care about the same things they did. And it was just interesting until, like, I finally left and went to college and was like, oh, my God, people think about this. Oh, I never thought of something like that before and finding your tribe and going from there. And I think it's really important for people to know that they aren't alone, even if they feel like they're in a situation like that. Like there's something somewhere you'll find someone or you'll be able to break out, maybe not be like seek an 11 year old saying, I'm going to do what I want to do. Like <laughs> get on, get on the board, <laughs> get on the train with me. So yeah, that's really cool. But so let's go back to the, the seven cages. Like, can you elaborate on what that is at all? <laughs> Because I find it really intriguing. I know. I like you got it down to seven. We're actually gonna revisit um, writing our writing book. book and mm -hmm. We're gonna do it anyway, but we're gonna focus on just the seven cages. Okay. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, but a few of them. I mean, one of them that really, you know, we, we talked about. We already spoke about it. Yeah. Mental space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one. Um, the. Uh, the comparison cage with social media, mm -hmm. like comparing yourself that you're not good enough because you're seeing someone else's life and you're comparing it to your own and where you are in your process and it may that's not be the same. Yeah. yeah. So that's another one. American dream cage, which is the one that I grew up with, you know, <laughs> like, you know, have to be a doctor or a lawyer, go to college, get the good grade, get that good job, live, you know, buy a house, get married. It's, you know, the, we know that story, but, um, and I mean, I think those conversation is shifting where Gen Z kids are like I don't want to go to college because I think mm -hmm. that I want to do something I want to do this instead mm -hmm. and they're starting to recognize that but for a lot of people when my generation and I'm above we didn't grow up with that we grew mm -hmm. up with this is the American dream this is what is 
consider success. Supposed to be, yeah. Right. So those are a couple of them, or yeah. a few of them. And a lot of it is, is societal conditioning, right? And conditioning from our parents and conditioning from outside entities, you know, where so much of it limits, um, you know, how we feel and what we think we should do. We're always doing, we're always living our life for somebody else because we've been told to. And we're, we've been told that you, you can't, you know, or else everybody looks at you like you're crazy, you know. Now I'm like, okay, I'm we like, like the crazies. We like the crazies. <laughs> we like the rule breakers. You know? Yeah. Um, and then the other one was fear. You know, we don't give up all the all the ages. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, it's it was a great process to go through actually because mm -hmm. we wrote this last last year, last summer, um, in twenty eighteen, and that really was the foundation for how we started Unleash and and this what what we thought we should be building was through writing this book together. It was an intense process, but it really helped us kind of define you know what it is that we want to create. Yeah, it's also determine our core values, our philosophy. Mm -hmm. It also allowed us to get, to get to know each other very intimately, mm -hmm. very quickly, um, and also learn how to work with each other, you know, mm -hmm. um, just because we were together 24 seven, you know, yeah. for a very long time, for many hours at a time. We have very different upbringings, mm -hmm. I mean, polar opposites. And so, um, you know, and we have different work habits and things like that, but I, you know, I learned, I've, I mean, I've learned a lot from Jane over, this past, you know, year and a half of creating this, you know, there were things that I, I approached things very differently. And then I'm like, oh, there's these ways to do it too, you know? And so, yeah, and in a partnership, you have to, you have to find ways to, to really, you know, it's like the yin and the yang, right? Mm -hmm. When you can have that is actually really good um, because she does some things really, really great that I have no clue about. Mm -hmm. Not pay me enough to do, and she's like, I'm, she's like already good on it. She's like best on it. I'm like, okay, you do that. Yeah, so it works. It works really well. Yeah, it creates for a really good partnership for that reason.
you know, have been drawn to what it is that we're doing. And that's really helped a lot. And allowing space for possibilities to occur. Mm. I think that's a big one. People don't allow enough space to just let things happen at all. It's always, we're like doing, 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 like ha again, having those expectations on how the outcome looks and when the outcome is going to happen. But I think it's just beautiful. Like you guys are a prime example of like how the universe is transpiring for you. Yeah, you started off with a book, but it came into something bigger that was like, well, the book wasn't meant to Not at come the yet because you have like, you have this experience of this last year to add to it, to yeah. add more value to that. And I think that's just really amazing. Yeah. And I think the other part of it too, we've been talking about it more lately too, is just being okay with the unknown, mm. you know? Yeah, a lot of people fear the unknown. I love the unknown. Um, but well, people, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, um, people have a hard time letting go of the unknown without going in front of them. Fear, they can tangibly count what they're losing, mm -hmm. of what they know. They don't know what they're going to be gaining in the unknown. Yeah. And that's why they hold on so, so tightly, you know, but... We, yeah, we both of us really do love the unknown. We, yeah. we thrive in it. I know. I like, you know, each day is like, huh, oh, what's what, going to happen today? Yeah, what other magic's going to have come into our life? And yeah. We have that, you know, the optimistic <laughs> belief that it is going to come into our life. And we are going to come that we are in such alignment with. Mm -hmm. And it does. And, and it happens. And we're often in disbelief, like, did that really happen? Because we could never make that stuff up, even in our imagination. Mm -hmm. And that's what the universe provides if you have faith in it and you're doing what you're supposed to do and you're doing things that are aligned. That's also a big one, being in alignment with it, because you could be doing things that you, you should be doing, but yet yeah, there's some sort of misalignment going on, then the universe isn't going to provide it for you yeah. at all. Really stubborn about it and be like, nope, this is how it's going to work, but the universe is like, you know what, you do that, but you're not going to get what you think you want, mm -hmm. because I know what you actually want, you know, mm -hmm. so until you realize that, you know, have it the hard way. So have it has like manifestation and trusting in the universe and creating that like been easy for you guys or have you had some trials and tribulations and like learning how to do it before you started Unleash or got to this point? Different experience. I mean, they, I think together we have learned through our process that, um, that manifesting has become more effortless, almost scary sometimes. Because we'll, like she said, we'll look at each other like, oh my God, did that really happen? And I think, again, because the rules have been, you know, if, if, you know for some of us who follow certain, um, certain people, but, you know, they're like Abraham Hicks and, and, you know, and those type of talks is that you have to be in alignment. And what are you feeling when you're, um, when you're manifesting um, something? And so I, for me personally, have just tuned into how am I feeling about what I'm, what I'm working towards. Um, so I'm always operating in, in um, what do they say? To, like you should feel that like it's already happened. And I do a lot of things feeling like, oh, that's already happened. And so that's worked for me personally. I don't know how, how else anybody else does it, but that's, that's, what I've, that's what I've come to see in the commonalities of like when things do happen, I'm like, oh, I was feeling like it had already happened and here it is, it did happen. Oh, yeah, and I, I agree. I think when you have absolute clarity and conviction mm -hmm. in what you're asking for without any doubt, it comes, it manifests in so much easier ways. But if there's even a small set of self-doubt or a little mm -hmm. bit of resistance that, that's being unaddressed that you don't even know is there, 
it will cause a blockage yeah. mm -hmm. and it will manifest. And we, I think our, our powers of manifestation have become much more, it's become stronger mm -hmm. because we're, in, we're so clear what we're creating, but to get here was a process. Oh yeah, there was a challenge. <laughs> Before we met, we have gone through our own failures time and time and again. And I mean, it was a long journey to get, people say, you know, like Alicia's been only around for a, what is that? What a year and a half. A year yeah. and a half, right? But this, for us to get to where we are, it took 10 years of a, a journey to get to where we are. So it didn't happen overnight, even though sometimes it feels like it. We've actually been working towards it all along. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what people forget too, is like you put in the work, even if you weren't like, had this concept of unleashed like 10 years ago you guys were putting in the the work to better yourself whatever that looked like to create the life you wanted and i think that's what people forget about especially with like manifestation people are just like why can't it just happen now and all of that and i'm, and I'm like but just release let it go yeah. yes you know it's like if there's any any doubt like a lot of times people think mm -hmm. just say it right like I want this or I want that, but mm -hmm. in the thought process, not what you say, but in your feelings, mm -hmm. you feel like you don't, you don't, you can't have that or you, don't deserve or you don't deserve it. And so you're, like she said, you're already creating the blockage for it. You're not allowing the opportunities to come in. It's literally like removing all this, the, the doubts and the skepticism around it and everything, um, you know, to allow for that to happen. Yeah. And sometimes we're not prepared for what we want anyway. Or how it comes. Right. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's, there is a delay in the manifestation because it's preparing you to build those skill sets or build the like to put pieces into place so that when it does come, you are absolutely ready for it. And it's not gonna crash and burn in front of your face. You're actually gonna mm -hmm. be able to take it and thrive. But the learning process is what we neglect because we're so impatient. And actually, it's funny because I wrote a post about this morning. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually did. <laughs> yeah, it's the fact that, you know, we can be very patient in the process. We wonder why things are not happening as quickly as we want it to do. But, you know, I think that when you have absolute faith in the universe, that it is coming your way because you are destined for it. You really, truly believe that and that you are worthy of it. Sometimes it takes a little more time for you to build up those skill sets or build up your character to be that person you can, you're going to step into. But when it's time is right, it will happen, and it does happen. Yeah, when we share our like manifestation stories that we share of things that have happened for us, people are just like, "How do you do that?" And you know, then you know, for me, that that these are the things that we share. It's like, yeah, you have to be ready for it too. And we wouldn't have been able to be there if we didn't go through our own process for the past decade coming to where we are today. Right. What has, if you could share, like, what has been the biggest surprise manifestation like WTF moments. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Built Brave. If you love this episode, heck, if you like this episode, please head on over, give it a rate, review, subscribe, like, shout it out on your social media with your major takeaways and what you loved about the episode. And as always, tag me in that at Low Wentworth because I love hearing what you guys got out of the episodes. And until next time, remember, you've always been brave.